welcome back. And if you're new to my podcast, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Is it just me or is anyone else feeling like they've fallen in a slump or two over the last couple of years? Even with all the well-intended aspirations of decluttering our homes because we were tucked away in them for months on end and other additional improvements we made in our space, we could be feeling slumpish these days. Why is that? Let's talk about that and more importantly, ways to get out of it. Hi there, I'm Dr. Kelly Ray. I'm a mindset coach, counselor, notably known as the Inner Critic Tamer, and I am passionate about helping others just like you and me who have survived things perhaps we don't like to talk about, but we know we want to to be better for ourselves because it's good for our kids and their kids to come. Am I right? I'm obsessed with teaching others how to tame their inner critic, that inner childhood conditioning, or as I like to say, undo that crap that happened to you and continues to keep you somewhat maybe stuck or something and teach you how to heal from it in order to live the vibrant life you were designed to live. And during this episode, we're going to be talking about ways of getting out of a slump. Look, I get it. Slumps happen just as the highs in life happen. One minute we're riding the most incredible wave of our life, and the next minute we're slumped in a chair claiming we're bored, or how did that happen? How did I get here? I'd like to say the short answer to that is, it's life. But short answers sometimes feel so unfulfilling and I mean, a great short answer would be something like yes to somebody asking, do you want to go get some ice cream? Nobody's needing or wanting a long explanation whether you want to go get ice cream or not. Heck, if we waited too long, it would melt, right? But when it comes to the ebbs and flows of life or the cycles of life, they aren't necessarily as cut and dry when we're going through them. They seem to be more cut and dry before and after, but not during the time. Meaning, when we make a decision to do something, that's pretty quick. We decide. But the behind-the-scenes build-up to whatever it is that we decided to do took some time. On the other side of going or doing something, we can reflect back on our decision and having a clear understanding of whether it worked, didn't work, or something in between. Again, a short answer around a past or future event, but in the present moment, those answers continually evolve. So for example, of riding a high point in your life, most of us aren't focused so much on the details of it. We're not necessarily spending hours on in analyzing why is this working? We're just living it. We aren't sitting around questioning our decision. We aren't lumping around wishing we had done something different. We aren't sighing with utter boredom because the high of life is way too much for us and it's not over yet. We are merely living in the present moment. On the flip side, when we're in one of those cycles of our lives when it's not high fun time, Some can go immediately to the space of, I'm bored, while others can go to, I must be failing because I'm not progressing. And there will always be others that will be ebbing and flowing with ease through it all. Right now, you could be in one of those spots where you're feeling like you're in a slump. You could be feeling like you want to get out and do something different. Perhaps you don't know what to do next. Maybe it has to do with work, relationship your spirituality, your health, whatever it may be. Maybe you're feeling slumpish and want to get back out in the world doing some of the things you used to do, but think, why bother? Things are still too crazy out there. 
And there may be some out there that have reached a whole new level of slumpness and are concerned you won't be able to pull yourself out. Boy, howdy, I get it. I've definitely been stuck in the undertow of Slumpy Slumpville, and it was literally quite exhausting. I want you to try something real quick with me. I want you to think of a time when you were having the time of your life, whether it was having fun with family and friends, maybe it was graduating from school, maybe it was getting engaged, finding that first love, or some big moment where you felt you were on top of the world. I want you to feel that, remember that. What were you doing? See what you see, feel what you feel, hear what you hear. Feel what that feels like in your physical body. Pay attention to how your body responds to that memory. Now, I want you to think of a time in your life when you were bored, unmotivated, felt stuck. Where were you? What were you doing? Obviously nothing if you were feeling those things, but I want you to recall a time when you felt that way. There was no one to hang out with. There was nothing of interest on TV. You couldn't seem to get out of the grind of wake up, go to work, come home, do it all over again the next day. Feel what that feels like. Feel what that feels like in your body. Did your shoulders drop or your head tilt forward feeling a little heavy? Did you feel like slouching? You see, our mind links our body, our physical body, to our emotions. So when you're recalling a time in your past when you were having the time of your life, your physical body shifted to reflect that emotional memory. And the same is true when we're recalling being bored or stuck or unmotivated or sad or stressed or anxious. So if we're keeping with short answers like in the beginning, the quickest way out of a slump is to shift your emotional state in order for your body to follow. Done, right? That's all we got to do. We just got to shift our state. But look, we're humans, and some days that short answer and knowing what we need to do and what we actually do don't always line up, and we need a little more oomph. Let's look at it a, a little deeper to see what's causing the slump in the first place, because oftentimes they seem to come out of nowhere with no rhyme or reason. Regardless of how they come about, though, slumps quite often suck. That's the bad news. The good news is that you don't have to resign yourself to spending the rest of your life in a slump. I give yourself permission to move past that. Slumps have a way of making you feel like something is wrong with you. Like maybe you aren't in a slump. Maybe you're just a failure. But oh no, honey, a slump is a slump. It's a teachable moment. It's not about you being a failure. Deep down, most of us can tell when a funk is starting to take over, yet we still try to ignore it or rationalize it. However, when you're in a solid slump, sticking your head in the sand will only make it stretch out longer. Do you want a better tactic? Face your slump head on by acknowledging it and accepting it. If you can pinpoint starting to feel this way like say, for instance, right at the pa- the beginning of the pandemic, then it's important to know that you're not alone. You're not the only one in this slump boat. In fact, according to ongoing surveys on mental health, 
rates of anxiety, stress, and depression have only increased since the pandemic start. And especially when we went into quarantine or lockdown or whatever words anybody wants to use around that time. If you're one of the many millions facing a hard time right now, as we're coming out of this pandemic and into another chapter of life that seems to at this moment include war and economic instability, it's important to seek some help, whether it's a counselor, a coach, or a friend, because on some level, we're still going through a big shift and we don't have to do it alone. Which is quite honestly why I'm really glad you're here listening to this. If I can be of some help and support to you, fantastic. The insidious thing about a slump is that it sort of lurks around in the dark, waiting to pull you in. By asking for help or talking to people about the funk you've been feeling, you put some light into it. And let me just say right here, as you may be thinking, but I don't want to bother anyone with this. Is their own having their own stuff? I'm going to tell you right now, that's the funk, also known as the inner critic, trying to keep you stuck, tricking you in to think you can't reach for help. More importantly, tricking you thinking that nobody, everybody else is going through their own funk and so they don't need your funk. Look, get over it. We need each other. We need some help, all right? I, I do the same. I reach out for help as well, too. The thing is, is once we acknowledge and accept that we're in this space, it's once we bring some light to it, then we have more space to do something about it. Listen, some people are going to tell you that you shouldn't throw a pity party. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. They want you to be positive and bounce toward a sunnier state of mind. You should know that it's okay to have those days where you're not feeling it, period. End of sentence. You don't need to ask anybody's permission to feel like you're having a crappy day. You acknowledge, hey, I'm having a crappy day. This is what I'm feeling. Take a time out for yourself. It's okay. You just don't want to dwell in those feelings, but you shouldn't feel guilty either if you're giving in to those feelings. Our, we should be paying attention to them, not letting them control our lives, but there's knowledge in those feelings that we can gain a lot of wisdom from. In fact, we can learn so much if we just took it a little deeper than I'm not feeling it today. The way we get past certain feelings, anger or confusion or anxiety is to feel them and work through what's causing them in the first place. I see those quote-unquote negative feelings as our inner critic or our inner child or whatever you want to call it as them trying to get our attention. Are you listening and learning or are you merely hearing the rumbling of these emotions and pushing them inside and or ignoring them? I know what I'm about to share may sound counterintuitive since I just said, listen to your feelings. But I'm going to also encourage you to move away from outside negative stimulants, such as negative toxic people, social media, news, gossip, etc. These outside influences can enhance our already slumpish state. So be mindful of where you're spending your time. Consider instead surrounding yourself with people and places that will lift you up, not pull you further down. 
seek the lesson in it all. I know, I know. You might be thinking, that sounds like some annoying Zen meta namaste crap. But I'm telling you, if you're looking for the teachable moment in your slump rather than why is this happening to me, you will be giving yourself an opportunity to switch gears and do something different. I know it may sound crazy, but it can be healing to give thanks for the slump. What did you learn from it? Did it help change your perspective for better? Did you get out of your own way? Pinpoint the silver lining in the situation and be grateful for it. Now, I might be stating the obvious, but sometimes it bears repeating. And that is, you can't truly be happy if you don't take care of yourself. Forget about whether it's taking care of yourself first or last. If you're not taking care of yourself at all, you're destined for slumpville or worse, disease, illness, chronic pain. There's a reason they say to put the oxygen on yourself, mask on yourself first, because it allows you then to help others. Pick up a gratitude journal or create one yourself. Start small. Start by acknowledging your health the food on your table, the support system around you for having shelter over your head and other small things. It will put so much into perspective. This isn't a time to judge yourself. This is a time to stand back and observe and look what is going right in your life. What what do you have? When you're deep in a slump, it's hard to take care of yourself. Even brushing your hair goes out the window. And don't even get me started on the dust bunnies. Why bother, right? They're just reappear tomorrow. But forcing yourself to take care of yourself can actually improve your slump. How, you ask? If you're already feeling down, looking in the mirror at your crazy eyebrows or Stepping into your kitchen to find the ever-growing pile of dishes only makes things feel worse. Suddenly you're not just down because of point A. Now you're down because you feel unattractive and because your house is trashed. Live in the mess during your pity party, but then take steps towards turning things around. Maybe make a self-care box. Take that bubble bath. Brush those luscious locks already and clean them dishes. Tomorrow you can wax those brows and swiffer the floors. Accomplishing a task, no matter how small, will give you a rush of adrenaline and make you feel better. I promise. And with those chin hairs plucked clean, you'll be able to hold your head higher. Just saying. In other words, take time for yourself. It's the key to getting off the slump couch. What do you want to do? What do you feel is missing from your life? Do you need to seek support from a coach or counselor? Placing your mental health above all else is an incredibly important first step in getting out of a slump. There's truly nothing like shock to the system to shake you right out of a slump. After all, a slump by definition is when you get stuck. By doing something dramatically different than your normal routine, 
it will be enough to reignite that fire in your belly and get you out in the world and do something. Don't worry. No one is testing you on how fast you can find your way out of a rut. It's not a competition either. No one is going to be waiting at the finish line taunting you for not sloughing off your slump faster. It's okay to start with small goals, one at a time, and work your way out of a slump slowly, consistently. In contrast to this, I want to ask you to ask yourself, what is it costing you to stay in this slump? Do you have more stress at work? Are your friends going on with their lives while you remain stuck? Have some of your friends stopped calling and wanting to hang out like they used to? Are you and your partner arguing more and more? Or are you not talking much at all these days? There truly is a price for everything. And there's certainly a price you're paying being in a slump. Maybe it's time we identify it and work through it. So get in touch with me so we can do that. When you're feeling really low, leaving the house, talking to others, or being an otherwise productive member of society doesn't just feel hard. It feels downright impossible. I mean, seriously. There's not a whole lot of energy left for doing anything when we're feeling this way. However, one of the simplest ways to shift this energy is an act of kindness. Now, hear me out here. I'm not suggesting organizing a big old fundraiser and giving away all your earthly possessions. I'm suggesting an act of kindness. This could be smiling at someone. Maybe it's donating things you no longer use to charity. Maybe it's giving someone a compliment that could absolutely make the difference in their day. You don't know. Maybe you have a friend that's going through something and can use some support themselves. Schedule a coffee date. Hang out with them. One of my really dear friends, Susie, one of the things we do is we call it having church time. It doesn't matter. We can go to have church in a bar. We can have it in a park. We can have it in each other's house. It doesn't matter. We call it church because what we're doing is sitting and hanging out and talking and working through whatever we might be going on in our lives and celebrating the things that are working for our lives. That's, that's what I'm talking about. Go schedule your own church with somebody. Schedule it with me. I'll have church with you. I know for myself, there's been times throughout my life when I slipped into these slumps and couldn't understand why friends stopped inviting me places, why everyone around me seemed to be so grumpy or snappy, or why my work seemed so stressful or my relationships seemed so miserable. Trust me when I say that at no point in time during these slump fests did I even remotely consider that there was something going on with me but rather life was just really challenging. Once I was able to get out of my own way, I could look back on my life and see where I got in my way, creating my own drama and unhappiness and causing my own stress, anxiety, and depression. Not gonna lie, it kind of sucked to have to see that. And yet it was the, one of the most liberating things I could ever do for myself. It took being willing to get radically honest with myself. It took being willing to work with someone who could help me get out of my own way. And it took being willing to look at those feelings and go beyond the surface to figure out what was really going on. And now I'd love to share some ways 
for you to renew yourself and get beyond a slump. So here we go. I got nine of them for you. One, give yourself a time out. At the same time that our culture preaches self-love and digital detoxes, many Americans and many, quite honestly, around the world are working more than ever. The rat race or hustle remains glorified. And finding the time can be the most difficult part of how to renew yourself emotionally. Allow yourself to unplug. Allow yourself to prioritize your own spiritual and mental well-being. Let the process of self-renewal begin with giving yourself permission to fully pursue it. Number two, improve your self-awareness. Self-awareness is the key to everything we do in life. We cannot set goals, make plans, or even find fulfillment if we don't know what it is we truly want. To discover this, we must stop being blinded by our own subjective emotions and begin to see ourselves for who and what we really are. That is self-awareness, and self-awareness is truly powerful. Number three, reveal your purpose. Your purpose is what drives you. It's what gives your life meaning. And you cannot know how to renew your life if you don't know your purpose. I don't believe people are necessarily lazy. I believe they just don't have inspiring goals. Connecting your goals to your purpose is what will get you out of bed every morning with energy and vitality, ready to tackle the task at hand. Number four, back, break your patterns. Oh, huge. People live in patterns. We all do. Patterns serve as an important purpose, but they can also be the one thing that keeps us from achieving our goals. We get stuck in the same habits. There's an expression that sums this up clearly. If you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always gotten. Only when you recognize and break your patterns can you discover how to renew yourself emotionally. Number five, this piggybacks on that, which is examine your limiting beliefs. This goes a little bit deeper than the patterns. Patterns are created from our limiting beliefs. One of the ways to break our pattern is to examine what we believe about ourselves. It's harder than it seems. We often know what we think of others and of outside events, but we're less likely to listen to our own self-talk. It's harder to identify our own limiting beliefs, yet these beliefs are what hold us back from achieving our dreams. Oprah said, you become what you believe. Unless you believe that you can become the best version of yourself, you never will. Number six, transform your habits. Success is processional. It's the result of a series of small disciplines. Success lies in the small choices we make every day. It means creating an empowering morning ritual like journaling, prayer, meditation, gratitude. It means feeding your body the right fuel and feeding your mind the right information. To create a big shift is how to renew your life. You must first eliminate bad habits and replace them with empowering ones. Number seven, 
Surround yourself with good people. We've all heard the phrase, you are who you hang out with. Or another way of saying that is, who you spend time with is who you become. To renew yourself, sometimes you must renew your social group. You must choose to surround yourself with people who will lift you up, not bring you down. You can get a mentor or work with a coach, counselor like myself. Once you raise your standards, you'll see how quickly your slump disappears. Number eight, face your fears. There is a shortcut to how to renew yourself. Get out of your comfort zone. Interact with people you wouldn't normally interact with. Learn a new language or instrument. Go skydiving or take a hot air balloon ride. Hell, go ziplining down Fremont Street. That's what my daughter and I did one year, and I'm terrified of heights, but I'll tell you what. It woke my soul up. That was crazy. Perform at a comedy or a music open night. Do poetry, whatever. The only way to overcome your fears and your limiting beliefs is to face them. And I'm going to say start right now. Number nine, give back. Facing your fears will bring you the personal growth you crave. But only giving back can be your real fulfillment. Whether you volunteer your time, your skills, or your money, giving to others will make you realize how abundant your own life is. It will help you connect with a higher purpose and discover the gift of grace. It seems counterintuitive, but it's true. Only in the act of giving back will you ever learn how to renew yourself. Get out of your own way. As we prepare to wrap up this episode, I encourage you to now take action. Decide on one step that you can take to put yourself out of that slump. Pull yourself out of that slump. What are you going to do right now? Start small. The whole point is to just do something, something that will make you feel better. And one of the ways that you can start is by following this podcast and sharing it with others, because every week I share ways to help you get through your week. Lastly, and certainly not least, if you'd like to connect with me, I'm going to give you some ways that you can do that now. I'm on Instagram at Ray. Kelly Ray is spelled K-E-L-L-Y-R-A-E. My Facebook is Dr. Kelly Ray B, B as in brown. My website is drkellyray.com. My email is drkellyray at gmail.com. And until next week, please know I send you so much love.